The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. Listen, food brings out the passion in people, so let's talk about food together. Common Ground Minnesota is an online resource for you to do that, and it's 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 run by volunteer women farmers from Minnesota of all walks. We're talking big farms, small farms, we're talking dairy, we're talking produce. These women in agriculture are growing and raising the food that we all eat. We love to have a chat with them about what it, what it means to be sustainable, and what does it mean when they're using pesticides, and why are they doing it. All of this is available at Common Ground Minnesota website. It's commongroundminnesota.com. And then on that new website, you guys, there are videos, there's you know FAQs, there's topics, there's a great blog, all sorts of things, and recipes. And farm dogs, too, by the way. So there you go. Commongroundminnesota.com is your great resource for everything food and families and farms. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. Nom, nom, nom on with the my talk. Chicks and we will eat on, eat on the weekly dish. Dish on my talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and I would like to confess that I have a front loading washer and a dryer. Yeah, so do I. Which makes your clothes smell like mildew all the time if you leave if them in there. If you're not careful. And I just walked in, took my jacket off, and got this giant waff of mildewy of shirt. mildew. I, that in the old house, that was literally Ugh. like a battle. They were like the newest things, and it was the battle. And They're for so gross. some reason, the ones I have now, which are steam. Like the steam washer and the steam dryer, they don't get it as much. Okay, I don't know why. I leave the door open, but yeah. I it's downstairs. I used to have laundry like right on the same level as my bedroom. Now it's downstairs, so I forget for a couple days, and then I throw the stuff in the oh. dryer. And now I just think I have time. never. I have. I am from that house and from that that system. I there's never a chance that my wet clothes will sit in my washer for more than ten minutes. Well, there you go. Because so. I am so conditioned for that that smell. I, I don't smell you, clear, because we yeah. are divided. No, I know. I just I like took off my shirt and I was like, whoa, yeah. mildew, great. That's a thing. That's a thing. It is, and also. Welcome to the uh, the new edition of Is It Spring Allergies or Do I Have COVID? Okay, I was going to totally ask you about that because I woke up extra early today <laughs> and I took like two Wallflex. Oh my God. Because my I feel like I'm just running snot and like coughing and yeah. throat tickly and I was like, oh, Steph will know if this is allergies or yeah, not. Yeah, it's allergies. Because okay. the spring molds are already starting to kind of, you know, they're start- well, first of all, we've all been trapped in our house. This, by the way, is super scientific information. So if you have... I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> like, and, and this is a food show. This so is a food just show. The first so ten minutes. We're kinda... just going to BS, and you can either be along with us, or you could send us an email. But anyway, the uh, idea that we're all trapped in our houses, which are pretty dusty, and then you know you're kind of breathing the same air over and over again, and then you know now the spring molds and all the things that are kind of floating around, they all get everything's getting disturbed and waking up. Yes, it is allergies. Okay, my sinuses have been like the back of my head is like you know. It's like the alien movie, basically. Okay, so that, and I have another funny story for you. Well, we've got just loads of funny stories. Yes, we what do you got? So Kurt's out. Kurt's out of town. He's at the cabin. Yeah. And I 
had a moment where I had a dueling grandma shortbread cookie. That's amazing. Yeah. I had to like put those away. Yeah. So I'd taken it out of the freezer. I thawed it out. I ate half of it. And then I left it by the coffee maker the next morning. And I thought I'll eat the rest in the morning. I'm being so good. And then the next morning, I didn't think about it. And the plate was empty. And I was like, oh, gosh. I, I just, because I don't remember stuff sometimes. I was like, oh, maybe I ate the whole cookie. Who knows? Totally. Maybe there was an extra glass of wine. I don't know. Anyway. And then later on that day, I'm standing at the microwave cooking my coffee. And I see a half-eaten cookie on the stove that has been carried quite a ways away from where the coffee machine was. And it's been eaten halfway, more than I ate it. And I was like, huh, I think I got a friend. You do have a friend. And, and then is... I look on the, carefully on the top of the stove, and there's like, I see a little thing that looks like it could be an herb. Nope, but it's not no. an herb. Don't taste it. It's not an herb. <laughs> Don't taste it. <laughs> and then Kurt was like, well, how big was the cookie? I was like, it was pretty big. It's pretty thick. It's a shortbread. He goes, well, could it be like a squirrel or a rat? I was like, you're not even here. Why are you bringing this up? No, no. no. And you don't introduce squirrel into the mix. You don't. You. It's hard enough to have mouse and, ra- and rat. It's never a rat. It's a mouse. Okay. But introduce <laughs> you squirrel into the mix? Well, There's a whole level of chaos that you can't handle. And I would think that I would like be hearing things like, I live in Golden Valley now. There's a lot of rodents and things around. Not like bad rodents. No, but, just but it's not like there aren't things. rodents in St. Paul where you used True. to live too. It's but like you city, didn't move to another planet. squirrels, they can get into any trash can they want. Like... They don't need to come Listen, into my house to city get a mice half and of city a squirrels, right? I know, but those they're also tough. They'll beat you up. Like oh. Golden Valley mice are just like, I'm gonna take this cookie over my, here. The Golden Valley squirrel. And I'm squirrels. not even gonna finish it because you know what? I'm just gonna leave half. It's so true, Stephanie. In St. Paul, the squirrel outside our house, its tail was half gone. It looked like just like a fighter, you know, like it had just been around the block. It was kind of lean and scrawny. Yeah, the squirrels There's, in Golden Valley are probably well they fed. They're so the, fat off the. Uh, the bird feeders oh, and all they're the rest. so fat. And That's they the sit thing. like out there and think like, can I get to that feeder or not? I don't know. I'm kind of fat. I probably can't jump that far. How am I actually feeling today? So anyway. Wow. Wow. A mouse ate a cookie. A mouse ate. <laughs> Did you write a children's book about that? No, but I feel like I could. Oh I'm going to have to name it. Um, Don't. Let me give you a little bit of advice. Don't name it. Just kill it. Well, and that. So Kurt was like, well, when I get home, I'll put out poison. I'm like, no, you can't. Because if you poison it. It'll run outside, and then our owl, we have an owl right in our yard. I'm like, the owl will eat it, and then it will die. You have to trap it. doesn't just sit and eat things from your yard. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, owls- Well, I don't want to be responsible for killing my nature owl. Uh, okay. So I think we just have I, to, This like, is one of those things someone, everyone is going to yell at us for whatever we I know, say right now. I might so. go sticky trap, which really freaks no. people out. <laughs> See, this is the problem. I can't sticky trap because I've had too many experiences with sticky traps. They're crueler than... I know. Do you want me to give you the mental issue image I of know. a half-stuck <laughs> mouse doing push-ups? No, you I've do not. It. I'm telling you right now. Do we have a caller? Is someone going to yell at us, Hope? No, there was a tip about your mildew situation. Oh. Use a, a cup or half a cup of white vinegar. In your laundry, though? Or just to clean your... She said to put it in the softener. Okay, I'm going to do that because, yeah, vinegar I got the mildewy shirt. I guess, but doesn't your, aren't you going to smell like vinegar? You don't put it in with your clothes, though, and you run but a cycle. You, but And 
vinegar is fine. I'd okay. rather smell like vinegar than No, mildew. it's true. You're absolutely right. I right. just kind of stink right now. So. Right. Well, thank God you're over there is all I'm saying. Um, anyway, uh, we did want to throw out some some good uh, some good stuff. So last week we talked a little bit about our friend Jack uh, Rebolt, who is, you know, on the fight for cancer and um, neuroendocrine cancer. For those of you who sent messages asking what kind and we got it wrong with the kind credit. that isn't curable yeah and uh i have to say i'm very proud of our uh little media buddy jason derisha for setting up a GoFundMe. Yeah, too. yeah and it's about time and I, I you know there's been some fundraisers for jack before in the past and but it's kind of always been like he's sort of one of those guys who resists it you know he's like i don't need it i don't need it i don't want it and so i'm glad that he uh has reached the point where he, of grace where he's allowed to ask or not ask for but just take the help that we all would love to give so there is a gofundme and uh i think it's already you know hit some really lovely beautiful numbers um and i want to read you something okay <clears throat> so jack heard what we said about him last weekend oh he did and he sent me a message he said what you said on the weekly dish was wonderful you guys made me cry thank you for all the love especially the love for the patty shack I was really proud of my Irish food moves. I know you and Kurt liked it, and I enjoyed your many visits. I also thank you not only for the pea soup, but for the many opportunities to allow me to contribute and participate in events from the radio and everything you guys are involved in. I was grateful. Also, you gave me the nicest card when I was diagnosed with cancer. I know it's something very irrelevant in your life. Perhaps challenging to think about, but you are kind and understanding, even when I may have overstepped the boundaries. Much love, Stephanie. Hope and many blessings. Very nice. Oh, and he said, I want to say mad props from the kid about saying I was a kid from the hood in St. Paul. I'm proud of that. He is so proud of that. That is like one of the defining characteristics of that man. Um, And so he does have, we do have a, you know, we're going to post that uh, GoFundMe up. And if you guys feel like you want to throw a couple bucks that way, it's kind of amazing. And there's there's an outpouring of gratitude for him and for his, you know, impact on the hospitality And the hospitality he's given us over the years from Butcher and Boar, (laughs) from the Lexington, from the Patty Shack. He is not going to be going back to work. His wife is going to, going to have to not be working while she takes him through the final journey here. And yeah, Um, they also do have a meal train that uh, they're going to put up. So I think that that might be something if if you feel like you want to cook for a chef. Who would appreciate it? He would. Yeah. So I cooked him pea soup for goodness sake. Good Lord. There it is. All right, you guys, that's the good. That's what we're going to do. We're going to lift up because it's a good day to lift up. So we are going to have a great show. We have a lot of restaurant news to cover. We've got Bloody Mary situations. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then we have some interesting controversy that I'm excited to chat with you about as we as we uh, as we roll on. So that's what we got. We'll be right back with the weekly dish on my talk. One oh seven one brought to you by Hornitos. Hello, dishers. Are you wondering if it's time to sell your house? Are you hearing about the hot market and wondering if you should start looking? I am so glad I did. I worked with Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee to sell my town home and buy a single family home in Golden Valley. You can get so much more for your money. Interest rates are so low, you can spend up to 20% more on a house and have a similar payment that you could have had three years ago. It's also never been a better time to sell because there are way more buyers than there are sellers. I was just looking at condos with Ellie and she can buy for cheaper than she could rent. When it's time, she's going to need someone that will know the first time buyer programs and how to present the best offer. I think I told you we had multiple offers on both the buyer side and the seller side when we sold our town home and Carrie and Sue's experience was invaluable in getting the deal done. Things like when you can close, cash up front and other factors can help secure your offer when it's not necessarily the highest offer. Ask Carrie and Sue for the hot dish special they are offering only to Weekly Dish listeners. If 
you're in the market to buy and sell a home, find Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee at CarrieAndSue.com at Lakes Area Realty. They represent buyers and sellers all over the Twin Cities and really love Weekly Dish and would love to help you buy or sell your next home. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish on this gorgeous Saturday. Um, There's a lot this week, by the way, as far as restaurant news and food news and everything else. Everything just sort of like, do you feel like everything just is starting to crack open? I do. I do too. I do. And I'm like, okay, and gardening seeds and thinking about like spring. Yeah, I do. And I feel like it is, there's a lot of, there's some of the press people who are calling it, you know, fool's spring. (laughs) Well, I wondered about that because Paul Douglas was like, "Ah, you people, don't you forget about the remember the high school hockey tournaments and all the dumps that we'd get. I know. And honestly, if we didn't have a print song that we all knew more than sometimes it snows Snows in April. April. Come on. We all know this. But that doesn't mean that I still feel like we've crossed the point where the snow is going to stay. So, like, even if we do get a yeah. huge dumping, it goes away in a couple of days. And we've had so, let's just, I mean, we've had so much to be dour about. Can't we just have, like, a moment of optimism? Debbie Downer at my house, she's, I'm, like, re- being real conscious about putting her on the back burner. Good, because. Positive Patty is yeah, positive making her Patty. way through the Sunshine darkness. Sally. Um, I'm not kidding you. That's why last week I think the mood or the feed was titled Trust the Good Mood because that's literally like just people can't trust it. Like when we hear there's like vaccine rollouts and all this stuff, we're all like, yeah, but. And I feel like there's. Yes, and that's how I was. I know you were. And And I I said about that because I'm like, can we please just be positive about this? I asked my friend Sarah, I go, hey, have I just been like a real like downer? And she goes, do you want me to tell you the truth? I was like, always. She's like, yes. Yes, you have. I was like, okay, this is good to know. It means I need to change my state. Um, And I do think that you are just, you know what I mean? It's not just you. It's not you. It's it's the zeitgeist. It's everybody going, you know, who's mad for seeing travel pictures and who's, you know, angry about someone getting a vaccine that isn't, you know, it's like this idea that this is just like the meteor's coming. It's still not it's good. You can't Games. trust anything. And I just want to say, just trust the good mood. Like, just try that. Try that for a little bit. And not even, saying throw caution to the wind. I'm just saying. Even just mood. like being able to walk outside. Okay, this is a random non-food thing, and then I promise we'll talk about food. Okay. I went for a huge walk last Saturday in the Golden Valley that is golden that I live in now. And I had my uh, credit card and my driver's license in my pocket. Yeah. And then I took my coat off, and at some point it fell out. And I was like, oh, that is such a bummer. And... Uh, three days later, I kept thinking I was going to find it. I never did. So I was like, well, maybe I'll check the next door app. Sure enough. Hey, I found someone's driver's license and credit card. DM me if you think it's yours. And it was mine. And the lady came over and brought it to my house to me. Wouldn't she have your address on the driver's license? I don't know. <laughs> but Why would still... you put that on it? Why didn't you just put it in a little envelope? And be like, I don't know. Maybe one. she thought like, oh, you know what else? Was the it... license is the d- address is my old address. St. That's Paul. why. Okay. So maybe she thought it was like stolen. I don't know. But I've got my driver's license and I've got my credit card because I live in Golden Valley. If that had happened in St. Paul at my house, they'd have been like, oh, someone's wallet got ransacked again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so good stuff. Yeah. So optimism. Good people out there doing good stuff. Okay, so last week we talked about Butcher and the Boar coming back, so we don't need to do that again, but there's some more news this week about that kind of stuff. The first thing to know is that Storm King is coming back. Did you hear? Did you ever go there? Jordan I never Smith? went there. It was so brief, but it's the Black Sheep Pizza guy, and I do love Black Sheep Pizza. Well, and he was, you know, Jordan Smith got super into into Central Texas barbecue, basically, and he went, like, brisket crazy, and he basically 
basically opened this little slip of a shop right behind Black Sheep Pizza on each street. And it was Storm King Barbecue. And I think everyone raved about it. Like, I remember Dara loved it. Rick loved it. Heavy Table loved it. Like, people across the board. But it just, I think it was the timing of everything. I think it was maybe the ratio of how much it takes to actually make that kind of food versus what the rent versus what you can charge for it in that space. I don't know. It seemed like it was, it didn't last a year. Um, but the good news is, is that, so Jordan, he, I talked to him and he was like, you know, we took, we've taken some time off and he's actually trying to think of like what they wanted to do. He and his wife and they were living in a house in another city for a while. And then they kind of, you know, got the idea that when they came back, there was potential to do fun things and Grand Rapids Brew or Rapids Brewing Company, um, which makes some pretty great beer. Have you ever had that beer? Mm-mm. Really There's good. There's so many breweries I know, and hard. I just need to get out. I know. Um, but they they kind of had been looking at the one fermentary space, which is, you know, a, like a that also didn't last for more than a couple months. So it's kind of fresh. And they uh, so they're going to put the Storm King brew barbecue, brew pub and barbecue. And brew pub is important because you can also have wine and cocktails there. So it's like a it's that's the difference between a brewery and a brew pub. Yep. So that's kind of got I think that's exciting for the North Loop, too. You know what I mean? Like, Very. I don't. Is there any other barbecue in the North Loop? Then that we say in that, um, I don't think there is. There used to be Dalton and Wade, which was sort of had some southern barbecue ish stuff, but that's gone. So, anyway, so there's that. So, that's coming. Hopefully, they're gonna hopefully open by patio time because there's not much they have to put a kitchen in, which there wasn't a real kitchen in there before. Yep. But, um, and then we have Ann Ahmed's new spot in South Minneapolis, which was going to be called uh, Spice Market. And then she said she got some emails and some letters, you know, people remembering Spice Market fondly. And she was like, uh, I'm going to get compared. You know, it's just like that just was something Jean, she was. Wasn't it Jean Vujols? It was Jean Georges. Jean Georges von Gerichten, which nobody wants to say. So they call him Jean Georges. Um, but it was, uh, so she changed it to Kaluna, which is uh, the Lao word for please. And it's a very uh, central to the Buddhist teaching for compassion. So kind of a sweet gig. And I did get a little sneak peek of her food and taste like that. I think I think we have that. I don't know if I put that on the show page I saw not. it on your feed blog because yeah. I read your blog now. Yeah, because you're good. You, you can have props for that. <laughs> I, I do read it. What? Um, how would you describe the food? What is, is it kind of like Lap 14 where it's a little Asian? And oh, a yeah. Little Southeast Asia. Fusion. Full stop. It's, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it fusion. I would call it. Um, but she's what she's focusing on is, um, you know, is thinking about it in terms of she wants it to feel like a resort. Like she wants you to feel like you're on vacation when oh, you go. I like that. I idea. know. Like Seriously. Bali and Polynesian yes. and that but, but, whole. But more Southeast Asian, mm-hmm. like you're Thailand. You're, yes. You're on, you're mm-hmm. in a beach vacation I'm there in right Phuket. Now. In Phuket. So this is where she's going with it. And that's why in every dish that she kind of showed me and we snapped and talked about, she was like, this is really great. This makes me feel like I'm on the beach. Like oh, she's like, this is, is really jam. breezy. This is really sunny. Like the shrimp dish that had mango, yes. pineapple, shrimp, and coconut. coconut. Done. Done. Serve me on a banana leaf. I'm there. Yeah. But I do think, too, that there's something about, you know, what I love about that stuff is it's that easy accessibility to, like, fish sauce and the funkier elements, too, because it kind of... Shrimp paste. Yeah, but it kind of makes it easy for you. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's just a beautiful thing. It's Um, It's a food that I crave and love. But I don't cook it, and it's it's not like in my wheelhouse of cooking. 
So like when I'm doing takeout, I'm looking for Indian, I'm looking for Thai, I'm looking for Chinese. Yes. I'm always looking for things that I don't cook. That's really true. And I think that there's something about that too, where like, like ramen, her curries, pho. you know, and her, yeah, like her level of sauces too. And she's like, how much she's like the papaya salad she made with apples. Cause she was like, when my family came here, we didn't, couldn't find papayas. Sure. So she did apples and she's like, I really like it like Yum. this now. That sounds so I good. I know, with strawberries and it was really good and dragon fruit. And then she's like, so how spicy do you want it? And I'm like, well, I like it. I like it spicy. And oh, she crushed shoot. up like six chilies, Thai chilies in there. But like, that's a level of heat that I can't make myself. Like, I can't do that at home and know where I'm going with everything like that. And so just watching her do that, it just makes me grateful that there are cooks out there who know how to, that I can access for that. And that's the thing about restaurants that I miss the most. <laughs> that I can't. That and a proper drink. Well, someone pouring you a wine and telling you about it instead of you having to like go buy it and read it and discuss it. And someone discussing wine with you. I mean, literally that was, I had that experience to, you know, I was doing a shoot and I was talking with somebody else. Um, I went to Stepchild, which is the new Northeast place. I don't know about this place. So this is, they took over the JL Beers spot. And this is Kamal Muhammad from Nashville Coop. Is this across the street from Cerdix? Yes. Okay. So this cute little spot that's yep. next to Pinku, our boy John, um, his it's right next to Pinku, and it took over the JLBs. It is very cute and it is very lovely, and it just you know, you know, it's like that corner is going to have a renaissance because Sidebar is going to reopen with Cerdix. There'll be a lot of outdoor. What's oh Sidebar? Sidebar. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're going to have like, once we get warm, things are going to open on that corner again and it's going to feel a little lively. There's more space. Remember that. There's next door is this hide, which was, a, which was like a wine bar that has never really made it. Like yeah. A, it's been a million things. Just wondering about that. But that's going to be something. And Someone's going to buy old, that. Remember the old butcher, butcher something? Yeah, that called? got taken over. The butcher yep. block. That's now um, a sports bar. Mac, uh, industrial. Max Industrial. Max Industrial. Okay. Yeah. But there's more. Okay, friends, Steph, you kind of got cut off. Do you want to wrap up your final thought that you had there? Because we always get cut off on the 26th break. Because we don't know how to do this after 20 years. Because we're not professional radio stars. Um, What was I going to (laughs) say? Oh, the end of the story is that just that it's that things are starting to turn. And that you have to remember. And that stepchild in the old J&L brewery is cute. Yeah, no, and that that neighborhood, I think I'm saying that there are more spaces that are coming. And everywhere else, you know, we're starting to see that flip. So optimism. That's the end of my story. Optimism's good. Speaking of optimism. Yeah. Uh, I had an opportunity to talk about Bloody Marys. Mm-hmm. The Bloody Mary Fest came here a couple years ago. Yep. And I was a judge and it yeah. was super fun. I remember that. And I really had a great time and it was fun to see all the different Bloody Marys from restaurants and the varying sauces or not sauces, the varying flavors of the Bloody Mixes. And this year they were doing a virtual box. So they asked me if I wanted to like, you know, get the box. And I was kind of like, but then I was like, you know what? Yes, because they're Midwest makers. Like I can support people that just aren't Minnesota people. So I got the box and I did a segment with Jason and it was fun. I, I really enjoyed tasting some different kind of Bloody Marys. And like any tasting, what's always if you get a chance to do a tasting, and I don't care if it's cheese, wine, beer, whatever it is. When you have things lined up in a row like that, you really start to see the different nuances that you can experience in a Chardonnay or in a Bloody Mary mix or whatever it is that you're tasting in a coffee. Any flights will give you a comparative. And you really just kind of like things can be so very different. 
So I had six Bloody Marys and like one was super vegetal and the other one was super pickly. And it was just really interesting in the thickness and the texture. Excuse me. Then I went and I talked about local Bloody Mary mixes and obviously Lovejoy's Bloody Mary mix, which people don't necessarily know this, but that's the Bloody Mary mix that's at the Happy Gnome. Yeah. And the Bloody Mary mix that it was created at the Happy Gnome. Created. Yep. He was a bartender. He's now working at Holman's Table that's opening for brunch this weekend, by the way, if you're looking for, that's the St. Paul Airport restaurant. That's real cute. Yeah. Um, but so he's got this mix now. And every time you buy it, a percentage of the proceeds go back to um, people that are unhoused in the Twin Cities. So that's kind of a cool give back. Yeah. In addition to that, though, there's Fast Mary's, which is Wendy Winkler. And she's a food scientist. And she just got really into this idea of she was a bartender. And she was having to make all these Bloody Marys in Wisconsin in a row where you're, you know, two dashes of Tabasco, three dashes of this, four dashes of that. So she's like, why can't I just put all of this into an elixir? That then you just put like a shot of it into each glass and then top it with tomato juice. Oh, I see. Like she's just, she was using just the sauce or the spice mix. Yeah. So she's put everything that you would put in a Bloody Mary into her elixir that's a liquid. And so it has all the stuff already loaded in. So it's just you can choose the kind of tomato juice you want. That's like right. you may go Clamato, you may go tomato, you That's may go. Right. Okay. And you might just do a plain V8 and then you mix her stuff in and it makes a great Bloody Mary. I'm a massive fan of V8. Yeah, I like I V8 too. I drink that all the time. Uh, it has it has a lot of salt in it. I love the salt. Me too. That's I think why I like it because I like pickle juice too. I want all the salt. So if you can pick up Fast Mary's, it's in the grocery stores, it's in your liquor stores. That's another one. And Lovejoy's just got carried at Certix. And you can also find it online and at other liquor stores, too. And they use the Lovejoy's Bloody Mary mix at Brunson's Pub, I know, too, in St. Paul. In any case, so that was fun to kind of talk about Fast Mary and Wendy's concoction that she had. And then, have you been privy to um, Here's the Deal Spice Company? No. Okay, this is a cute Because you them, I think. I have. And it's it's Nicole and Tom Dockman. And they got married right before like the pandemic. I want to say maybe the year before. And they for their wedding gift, they had a ribeye rub. He's he was a local chef at Travail. So they gave their guests a custom rub for a ribeye, a custom steak rub that they called 127. Yeah, because that's, I think, where they lived. And then it had a special label on it. And that was kind of their wedding favor. Well, so many of their guests wanted them like, hey, can we get more of that rub? Can we get more of that rub that they decided to make a company out of it? And they now have a wing blend. They have the 127 rub for beef. And they started making a Bloody Mary Rimmer salt that comes in a tin. And so it was fun to feature that, you know, when you're going to rim your Bloody Mary, you just put a little lime juice around the top of it, or you can do water too, but it gets a little sloppier. Mm -hmm. And you just spin your glass in there, and then you've got your rim. So that's a great spice mix. It's kind of more heavy on the, like, celery salt and the herbaceousness than some of the other rimmers are heavier on, like, pepper. Yeah. Um, this one is more on the salt side. Okay. Which I really, I yeah, like. I'm it's different. way bigger on, well, the celery salt is what, you know. What a lot of people it. use. Yeah. And it's it's got celery in it. Yeah, But there's also that. other herbs in it, too. And so it's a little more, I hate to use the word vegetal, but, you know. Yeah, you can. That's the word. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then, um, someone asked me like, well, you didn't, you know, review spooky and I like spooky bloody Mary mix a lot. 
I think it's made in Wisconsin. No, it's Egan. Is it Egan? Yeah. Okay. I like that Bloody Mary mix a lot. I just didn't happen to have any on hand when I was doing the segment. So if you want to check them out, they do a great job too. And I just, we were talking about Bloody Marys and Jace asked me and I wanted to ask you, he goes, how do you feel about Bloody Mary garnishes? Are you like salad and pizza and steak and chicken wing and a rib and some cheese and some meat sticks? Um, no, me? No. Yes. No. I Because I'm getting a Bloody Mary to have... I just need pickles and limes. And maybe, like, if I have a celery in there to crunch, great. If there's a piece of cheese or, like, a little, you know, a little cocktail smoky to kind of, you know, have as... But, like, I don't understand why you're making a meal out of your bloody... That was... Like, that was, like, carnival disco era of things. And I get it. It's funny and it's fun. But also, I would way rather have, like, a chicken wing and a good Bloody Mary than some soggy, weird... Not together. Yeah. I, it is very, It's very Instagrammable, so good for you if that's your jam. Yeah. But I said on the show, I was like, yeah, I don't want an entire meal in my glass. And yeah. I feel like if that's your jam... What are you hiding from? Like, because your Bloody Mary should just stand yeah. alone and be, like, like, amazing. That's the thing, right? Why did we, yeah, we got into, like, the carnival stickiness of it, mm-hmm. and then we forgot that, that it actually matters about the actual drink. That's the problem. As I really want it to be, and do you like yours more boozy, or do you like it more juicy? Because, like, that's the, that is the key there, is, like, how much are you, how much booze are you pouring in versus... I would put in two ounces. That's a regular pour. Yep. But I mean, like, but so you wanted to, like, if you're in a pint glass, 16 ounces. Oh, I'd probably err towards boozy. Do you? Yeah. I can't. Well, also, I'm not a big, like, I'm not a big morning drinker, you know? And so when you do. I love day drinking. That's well, my favorite I mean, time. I do. I like, well, you know, we used to have a running club and then it <laughs> used to, we called it the Bloody Mary Run Club because we would go have Bloody Marys after running. But I still couldn't do, like, I can't make it so boozy that it's, I, I don't like it to be thin. I want it to be, like, thicker Thick. with juice than the thin. That's a thing, too. Too boozy gets it too thin to me. Like when I had nine mixes lined up, the thickness is a real thing for some of these Bloody Mary mixes, yeah, and too. I want it. I want it to be, like, almost kind And I think the reason why you like it, um, so you want it super thick. Yeah. There's there's a more vegetal side to that typically, and then if it's thinner, it's a more vinegary sort of pickly side, typically. Yeah, yeah. And Worcestershire. Yeah, I mean, I still, but I still think I can get the pickle vinegar stuff if I it, and the thickness at the same time. I don't think that's a. It doesn't have to be a trade off. I think citrus is key in a Bloody Mary. Super key. And if you can, I want a lemon and a lime. Also, how do you feel about horseradish? Because some people get real in the bag about horseradish. I feel like, by the way, and where I grew up learning how to make Bloody Marys was in Wisconsin. And I feel like that was, we had way more horseradish in Wisconsin than we did here, than we do here. I don't know if that maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that. Could be regional. Have you had a Bloody Mary at Sobolewski's in Wisconsin? No. Okay, it's in Milwaukee. And there's also the Wicked Hop. These two I places. I haven't drank in Wisconsin in like 30 years. So. Okay. <laughs> I have family that live there, but yeah. the Wicked Hop has, what is it called, Stephanie, when you make mozzarella like cheese sticks? I don't know how they do it there, but it's like a a tangle of, a swirly tangle of cheese. Okay. And that's what goes on top of your Bloody Mary at the Wicked Hop. Okay. It's just really interesting. It's fried? No, it's oh. not fried. It almost looks like it's pressed through a sieve. 
Okay. Because it's almost like a noodle, but it's thicker. Okay. And it's just this tangle of cheese that goes on the top of your Bloody Mary at the Wicked Hop. Okay. And then Sobolewski's just has, you know, and they have a little mini burger and they kind of yeah. do more of the garnish thing. I mean, out for us, for me, Floyd's out in Victoria, way out was always like, the, they had like, you know, they called it the Happy Meal. And it was like, you know, the the garnishes and everything, but their Bloody Mary was still really good. No Neck Tony's in Stillwater has a I fantastic Bloody well. Mary. I do love that. I've had that one too. And I haven't been to the new Happy Gnome since the new owners took over. So I don't know if they're still doing the, the Bloody Gnome. Mary thing. And yeah. and the Bloody Mary tent that they had every spring, that's not going to happen, obviously. What about your booze in here as we quickly go finish up? But I mean, like, gin. you are a gin girl? I'll do vodka, but gin is preferred. What about, I think tequila, tequila. is best. Yes, yes, tequila totally. is best. Whiskey. Juanitos. I've pe- used it a ton. I know. People are like, they t- they try to give me the whiskey Bloody Marys. No. And I just think, we're not, this. we don't have to do this, no. you guys. We don't have to make that happen. Like, no, we can and keep no them rum separate. Bloody Marys either, unless. No rum. Habanero yeah. rum by Scalvin Distillery. That's real good in a bloody. Yeah, okay, I could see that. But that's because it's habanero. Yes. That's not because it's rum. It has a rummy taste, but it's not, it's hot. So I don't know yeah. why it works. But no, it does. I have a bottle of that that I have use touched. that with like mango juice or. Oh, oh yeah. So that's many true. Good like, well, are, I, I like a good spicy, right? Like a good spicy margarita is my jam. So I could easily use do, the rum. Like try a Rub it, it out. Yep. It's delicious. Hey, I wanted to mention that um, Spookies is, has been, <laughs> they're in Illinois now. So okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure someone's going to yell at me for Egan. And I think they used to be here, but they're, I think they've moved. Okay. So just so you're off the hook on that one. All right, so when we come back, we have the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, 651-641-1071 to ask any questions. And I have I have a prompt I want to know from you guys if you want one. I want to know, what would you change about your kitchen? The one thing, if you oh, could change about your kitchen, that you would. Having done four, I could give I know, you a long I know, list. but I want to know if there's like a thing that you look at your kitchen and you're like, you know what, I wish. I wish it had this, or I wish it was this. So there you go. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So give us a call, 651-641-1071. I have a prompt for you if you are wondering that you've always wanted to call, but you're scared because you had nothing to say. Maybe here's a good thing. Maybe you can tell me what it is about your kitchen that you are... Um, in a quandary about, or like the thing that you would change, the thing that you would wish. And here's why I'm just going to tell you that I am going to be moving. <laughs> so I'm going to be buying a house, hopefully, or something of that nature in the next five, six months. And I'm just wondering, like, when you look at a kitchen, what are the things that you, you kind of don't think about? Like, what are the things you're like, oh, I really wish, like in the kitchen I'm in right now, I really wish there was a hood. <laughs> of I was some just going to say a hood is mine, like a decent hood that legitimately works. Yeah, because my I can't do the cooking that I want to do in this kitchen with your under microwave hood that nope. has like one speed going. Yeah, and is also <laughs> fallen off a number of times. And so it's like it basically is so it gets so smelly and so hot and it's bad and it's like i don't fry the things i want to fry i don't even high heat sear too much because unless it's in the summer where all my windows are open yeah so that's the thing i would change about that and that's also why i will never buy a house with like the range in the middle of the island yes i don't want that me too i don't ever i mean like that would be a deal breaker for me if i had the if i had my stove top we had the same yeah and because usually there's nothing above you and then i can't even imagine the amount of like grayness on the ceiling that i would cause right there or the lights yeah the grease spatters no 
I need, so that's me and that's what I'm thinking about. But I would love any of your guys' opinions about that, about what it is about your kitchen that frustrates you or that you would change if you had unlimited dollars. Here's a question that came in on Twitter. Uh, If you are... If you are gifted a cast iron pan that is rusted, what is the best way to clean and reseason it? Uh, that's you. That's all you. Okay, so you are going to wash it. You're going to, you know, get your steel wool and get your you're going to get out the rust, okay? Okay. And that's important to get the rust out or you can start seasoning it and then keep doing this over and over until you get the rust out. But basically, you get it all set, then you put oil on it and you rub it all over with cooking oil and then you put it in the oven at a high oven temperature so like uh 450 to 500 and you bake it for an hour upside down upside down upside down and then you let it you just leave i turn off the oven and i just leave it in there till it cools down and then the next day i take it out and i wipe it down and i look at it and i decide if it has enough or if i need to do it again okay and i just keep doing that until it's good okay and sometimes you got to do it a couple times. Yeah, I would think so. And right. the oil you want to use is just vegetable oil or canola oil. Can you use all you can use olive oil? I would uh, you can use olive oil, but it starts to smoke at a, at a certain point. Oh, you point. want a higher smoke point? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've used coconut oil too in a pinch. Sometimes when I'm at the cabin that's all I have. Yeah. I just But rub it does it on there. does it leave a flavor on your pan? Yeah, but you're when you're seasoning it and you're doing it so many times, it's fine. Okay. All right, we've got some callers. Okay. Okay, we have Annie on the line. Annie, what's your comment today? Okay, so we just fully remodeled our kitchen. It's perfect. It's Dottie Alder. We have an island in the middle of the kitchen, and we did a two-tiered island. So the lower part, closer to the sink, is a butcher block, and the upper part is granite, and it's bar height. So it's Love. Bar Smart. Love. It's, yeah, it's, instead of having like an island and a table, we made this huge, long island. It's gorgeous. And it's three inches too high. Oh. So, like, if you're some of our shorter friends, when they're leaning on it, it's like leaning at a bar, like a bar. But, you know, they're like 5'2", so their arms are up. This is me. I hear you, friend. This is me. Okay, good yep. point and to watch counter height. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you just... You make a mistake. Okay. Like, remember when I put the granite counters in that were dark and yeah. I hated them so much? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Annie. Appreciate it. Okay, we have Michelle on the line. Michelle, what's your comment today? Um, we just built a new house and my husband is a contractor and I didn't know this, but all new builds do not require venting to the outside oh. or your fan. Yeah. So unless you request it, your, your, um, fan is just going nowhere and recirculating your air. So Gross. <laughs> you're not going to get rid of your smell of Brussels sprouts and broccoli and stuff. Yes. Like no Thank doubt. You, friend. Oh, Michelle. Good tips. Thank you so much. I love good it. Good tips. Good tips. Good tips. Okay. Jody, you're on the line. What's up today? Jody, you there? Hey, Jodes. Hi. Yes, this is Jody. What's, um, what, what's your comment? When you were, when you were talking about the pans and cleaning them, what I do with mine, the iron one, um, after I'm all done, I was always told, so I've always done it. After it's all done cleaning and doing what I need to do, I take a paper towel, and right before I put it away, I I want some oil on there so I can see it, and so it's not dry when I pull it out. Okay. Okay. And that's always worked for me. Awesome. And but, it keeps it seasoned? 
Yes, and I do. I do. Because don't you want those seasonings to build and build? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep, that's how and it keeps it going. Also, I, I have a very small kitchen because of where I live. I want some tips from anybody to... I have one big cupboard for my canned pasta, everything, and that's it. And I just, and I'm even into the linen closet now, putting stuff away in there. Yeah. I just need some tips in in doing that. Okay. I'm getting so frustrated. Okay. Well, we'll, let's see if we get a caller in, Jody, because I love that idea, too. Thanks for calling. Okay. So I do think that your storage of your pots and pans, I do think like you, I don't know if it's a feeling like you want to have them away or if you have them out. Are you more of like, I don't mind seeing my stuff. Here's a funny thing. I've had a lot of kitchens. Yeah, you have. This is the first kitchen I've had a drawer for pans. It's amazing. Oh, really? And I have like bubble, not bubble wrap, but you know how you, when you move. It's, it's contact paper kind I've of thing. I've got like a plastic thing. Yeah. Shelf paper. <clears throat> yeah. And it's kind of foamy. Okay. And when I used it when I moved for my dishes and I cut squares out of it. So I have my three cast iron pans stacked and I have this piece of foam in between. Oh, you do? Yeah. And then I have my all clad pans and I have this piece of foam. So all my pans are stacked in there, but they've got a piece of like foam square so between you, and them. And you have to haul them out all together at once. I pull the drawer out. Oh, the drawer. Right. It's a drawer. Oh, it's a and drawer. And you don't haul them all out. You see them in the drawer. Yeah. I see so much more with drawers than I ever saw with cupboards. I, I would tell you that that is the other thing. This house, I don't, I would rather, that's my thing. I would rather have open like shelves, like they have the just a basic shelf and I would rather stack my stuff than have it all kept away and I have to dig in and I'm short so I don't have long arms Yeah, and it's hard to get in and some of those ones that have... You have Trump arms. I do! <laughs> and some of those ones that have those those little weird things that swing out. The Lazy Susans. Yeah, but they like swing yes, out. the cupboard. Uh-huh. Well, all of my stuff is way too heavy for that and yeah. so it is bowed it. Okay, we do have Laura on the line as well. Hey Laura, what's going on today? Hey, I have two tips for oh. your kitchen remodel. Let's take it. The first is make your island as big as possible. We renovated our house a year ago, and we put in a 12-foot island, yeah. and it's amazing because it's the gathering place where everybody everybody stands in the kitchen. So. Oh, I love it. Okay, you got one more quickly? Yes. I think you were just talking about it. For my lower cabinets, I requested that we put in all drawers versus doors. Yeah, amazing. I like my drawers a lot. So much easier. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for that, Laura. Thanks, you guys. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1.